Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. As we all know, after five o'clock, a major part of doing business is networking. Dinners, social events, golf matches, concerts. I can't even tell you how much time I spent on the golf course hitting a lousy score over the years, all for the sake of business development and client appreciation. So when the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was released late last year, there were a lot of business owners scratching their heads about how to handle their entertainment expenses going forward. It was pretty clear that expenses related to entertainment, amusement, or recreation, and most anything that was fun would no longer be deductible. But what about meals and what about any food and beverages consumed during an event? Chris Axine, Ray's own tax reform development bloodhound, has been following this particular provision very closely and was pumped when the IRS finally released additional guidance. I'm pumped up today because today I'm finally going to learn if I can deduct my beers and meals at the grill room after a round on the golf course with a client. Welcome back to a long-term guest of Unsuitable, Chris Axine. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dave. Glad to be here. And first of all, thank you very much for taking one for the team all those years at those uh, miserable golf outings. I, I know you you really were not looking forward to them, and I appreciate that uh, you did that for well, us. Well, you know what? That's all going to change now that we can't have uh, a beer while we're playing. Well, so hot off the press. And, hot off the press. And good news is uh, the IRS did us a solid. And so as you teed up in your intro uh, with the Tax Reform Act that was passed at the 12th hour at the end of last year. Don't be so salty about I that. Know. Well, what happened is uh, they snuck in there, Congress snuck in their provision that said, hey, uh, by the way, entertainment expenses no longer deductible uh, incurred after uh, starting in 2018 right, and, right. and later. Uh, it was a surprise for all of us. Uh, we weren't expecting that. And and the, the short answer on that is they were looking for pay-fors. Sure. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. To pay for other things um, that uh, that they gave the taxpayers in the code. Uh, so, so we knew entertainment expenses weren't deductible. But what we didn't know is because Congress didn't give us any other guidance, because that's the IRS's job, was whether meals and the meals part of that the meals and the beverages were caught up in that 100% non-deductibility requirement going forward. Uh, and we've been languishing there for nine months. Uh, and myself and every, all the other professionals out there pontificating one way or another, you know, thinking that uh, I think you're good or I, maybe we're not. And bottom line was, hey, we're hoping the IRS gives us some guidance. We just didn't know. We didn't know. And the good news is, as of as of last week, hot off the press, is they came out with some guidance in the form of what we call proposed regulations. And regulations are the IRS's interpretation of the code and how they will implement what Congress intended. Um, proposed is they're not binding yet, but we can rely on them uh, in this particular okay. case. So, so start amending. Uh Estimates, quarterly estimates for these rules. Can we do that? So, so the good news oh, is, is, is the steak dinner is deductible again. Oh, it is? It is. Okay. So it's subject to all the rules we used to have with regard to business meals, uh, substantiation and, and ordinary, necessary, and not lavish. 
So um, those those uh, are still around, didn't change, not impacted by by any of this. But uh, yeah, when you go to the to the Clippers game and and you know, buy the Cracker Jacks and a beverage, um, the good news is is that we can deduct at least fifty. Diamond Dog still deductible? Well, it, it is, but you know what? I I would uh, refrain from buying enough of those dogs to make the deduction worth anything. Yeah. So I you know I want to go back. Uh, I want to go back. Uh, what you hit is that. Hey, you know, the steak dinner is deductible, but just like it has in the past, but just as it's been in the past, you have to have the proper documentation and substantiation. So, I, for, for, I think that's worth repeating because that's something that's often overlooked. So, what do I need to deduct that steak dinner? Yeah, right. So, good question. And, and, and we see this on audit because uh, the IRS knows it's an area where the compliance maybe isn't as great as it could be. And that's what we call the five W's. So the who, what, when, where, and why. Okay. Uh, and and that, um, with regard to biz- business meals, whether it's uh, you know at a lunch during the middle of the day or at the baseball game at the end of the day, the meals part of that re- requires the five W's, and it and it really needs to be contemporaneous in time. So when you get that receipt, you're writing on it. Who are you entertaining? So it must be under the rules. It must be either a current client or a prospect. Um, could also be a referral. Right. Sure. Partner. Has to have a business purpose. Uh, the yeah. business. What what you were meeting about. You know the context of the com- the business conversation you had, and who was there uh, from both sides, and then the 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 where and the when. All all that should be uh, evidence already on the receipt. So the documentation is just as important as it's ever been. That's right. And and on audit, if the IRS drills that far down in the details, they will ask for the receipts and they will want to see that. And if there's nothing there, that's not going to be a good You're toast. That's not going to be You're a good You're writing a check. You're writing a check. Yeah. So the the trying to rely on the memory is not um, something you want to use in this area. So you know, before we leave that area, um, and we hear this a lot, I've heard this a lot, and I'm not sure sometimes how to answer that. Hey, I, I put that steak dinner uh, on uh, on my credit card, and I pay my credit card bill every month, and uh, that should be enough of the documentation. Is that really true? Do I have to have, do I still have to meet the four W's or five W's or whatever? You sure do, yep. So, okay. so the credit card statement does nothing more than, than maybe tell, certainly it gives you an amount. Um, depending on on um, how the vendor is set up, uh, it's possible that the where isn't going to be there because it has some nondescript you know name that may come through on the statement. You know that may not, for example, going to the Clippers game and getting a receipt that says Huntington Ballpark. Okay, you know you might know where that is, but if you get on the credit card statement, it shows up as you know CC something Inc. You don't know what you yeah. don't know what that is, and so you have those two things, and then of course you don't know have the who attended and why. Why did you have it? You know, I I did want to share with you, and this may uh, impact some of your future answers. You know, the uh, the the three highest markets that listen to uh, uh, unsuitable on Ray Radio, um, it's the Cleveland, Akron, Canton area. Columbus, Ohio, and then the third highest is Washington, D.C. So I just want to let you know your buddies over in Washington, D.C. are going to be listening to okay. your podcast. Well, I've got some advice for him. You do? Okay. <laughs> okay. Take a second look. But Chris, why do you think, why do you think it took, was it nine months, almost 10 months 
uh, to get this in front of uh, our clients and the practitioners? Well, yeah, good question. So the IRS as an organization has been dealing with a, a limited budget for many years. Um, and in part because Congress has refused to increase their funding because they didn't feel confident that the agency was being run in an effective manner and, and effectively sure. using taxpayer dollars. Of course, the agency uses that as an excuse to say, well, we can't do our job because we don't have sufficient funding. So unfortunately, some of the, the stalemate back and forth you get in D.C., I think, is somewhat involved here. But, you know, the reality is, is the tax code was so encompassing in the areas that were impacted, not just this area, but, you know, many others that uh, it, it's taken them this long. To, and I'm not surprised in a way. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that, that we're not done yet, that they, that they are other areas that they're going to be issuing guidance here before we get to the end of the year. You know, we... Uh I want to back up to the credit cards. Uh, we have, um, you know, member of the uh, audience. I, th I think they're they're sick or they have a cold. They just uh, threw a um, a question our way about credit cards and said, "Well, so how how do you account for purchases charged on a credit card for meals and entertainments?" I believe that's the the crux of the of the question. But it goes back. You still have to have all the documentation. Uh, that you talked about early, the five W's. Yeah. No matter what you're using that credit card, there's no exceptions. Right. So yeah, the the so the the five W requirements in the code are are that's the law. Okay. And so the credit card company doesn't know Got why it. you were there, and so they're not going to you know provide any of that information. You don't get a free pass. Using you don't a credit get a card. free pass. Now, yeah. you know, so oftentimes what we see in our clients. Uh, particularly the smaller ones, is they will, you know, their their monthly credit card statement is $5,000 and it's got all kinds of things in it. They might have gone to Staples for office supplies. They took a client to the baseball game and they just lump it into one account. And then it's the Ask My Accountant right. account. And then it's up to the bookkeeper here at Ray to go through and and look at that and and actually dive into the detail to then, it's kind of a holding account, if you will, to, to divide that back out into the various buckets that it needs to go into and in, including meals. Right. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's appropriate if I, I, you know, I have some questions, maybe uh, just throw your way and say, hey, is this deductible? Is this like the and Fast 50? It's Fast 50. And you can say yes, no, or your your famous answer is, well, it depends. That's a salt so, answer. That's a salt answer. So, so here we go. You ready? I'm ready. This is kind of like a little quiz show. Can I ding take, in? You can. Take a highly technical uh, situation and see if we can uh, have some fun with it. Country club dues. Non-deductible. Non-deductible. Not even if I take clients out. The dues part is non-deductible. Hasn't been deductible since you started practicing. Social clubs. What do you mean by social club? Uh, supper club. Yeah, non-deductible. Non-deductible. How about uh, Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions, deductible. Elks? That's good. Elks deductible? Well, no, no, let's keep it. Oh, no, wait, wait. Yeah, Elks deductible? No. Okay. Um, health clubs, spas, gym, gym uh, memberships? Generally, no, uh, but there, there may be a deduction on the personal side if you get a doctor to sign off on that you need it. Okay. Uh, I noticed today you're looking a little uh, dapper in your... Uh, Outfit, you look I like I dressed up for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know. so uh, is that specialized clothing deductible that you're wearing today? It is not. It's not deductible. Not deductible. 
just for the CPA profession or if you need... Period. Period? Yeah, this is capable of being worn on Sunday just as it is today, so non-deductible. If you wear scrubs to work, do you get to deduct those? Well, so now that's interesting. Scrubs, uh, you know, you get tied into a specific profession. So perhaps perhaps there's a way that could be deductible for medical professionals who have to wear sure. them. So there's always discussion. There's something yeah. never really say no, but they, you've, you've got to ask more questions. You do. And, and I have an example of that is I, I have a client that uh, is in the medical profession that he sees patients and in, in his uniform is a suit and he likes to shop at Nordstrom's and he feels that because that's his uniform, he should be able to deduct that. And? And, and if you've heard what I've said today, what do you think the answer to that is? The answer is no. No. Absolutely not. That's right. But the business can still pay for it, correct, but not deduct it. Right. So that's right. So the business can still pay for my country club dues, but not deduct it. Right. I mean, there, there's a little bit, dis- is that income to me? Well, it, uh, the answer is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I was, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that. I didn't even try hard okay, not let's to say move on. I don't know that we want to answer that question here. We, you know, the client's listening, you know, come on in. We'll have a conversation and right. uh, we'll look at the, uh, the facts for you. Uh, on I need that. to go on a fact-finding mission to the particular club in order to answer that. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, employee lunches. Yeah, Okay. Do I have to have all those documentation for employee lunches? So we had so we had the tax law changed a little bit. The employee lunches okay. uh, used to be there was um, the ability to if if they were infrequent and you know for their benefit. An example of that might be a busy season lunch or busy season dinner. You know, they're working long hours, etc. That the company could deduct a hundred percent of that uh, under the new tax law. That has been reduced to fifty, but it's okay. otherwise you know deductible at that threshold. Uh, client holds a training session, has food at lunch, and after work, they go out, have hors d'oeuvres and cocktails. For who? Everybody that was there. And who was there? Employees, employees only? Employees. Uh, yeah. So generally speaking- You're going to give me that one, huh? That should be, but again, it, not every not every week. So we, we get back to this kind of mm, line in the sand, so to speak, of how frequent is it? Well, training can- Happen daily if you if you're into yeah. it. So if you're go, if you're going to the bar every day after your training, that that's not going to fly. There's a uh, discussion yeah. to be had there, yeah. you know. And again, I, I I think it's interesting to put you know point out. I mean, you and I have a lot of fun with this stuff. Talk about it in a you know high level, technical, and then uh, kind of go through this thing. But you know, at the end of the day, you have to sign a tax return. You know, as uh, will our client, and that little small print on there says that you know you're correct and accurate and et cetera. So, and you know, there are penalties for all involved if you sign those returns, right? And taking responsibility for certain expenses that just aren't right. And, and back to my back to my client example of you know my advice to him was yeah you can go continue to buy your suits at Nordstrom and expense them to the business but I'm going to continue to go look for it and find it and add it back on your tax return so you're not getting a tax benefit for it. What about airplanes and fast cars? <laughs> well, it depends. Pass. Pass. Okay. All right. That's that again. That's a conversation. Uh, uh, again, let's frame that conversation. That's a. That's a conversation that needs to be had. A lot of facts behind closed closed doors because what may work for client A 
probably doesn't work for client B and so forth. The rules for aircraft in particular are very complex when you look at the main reason why the, the main expense that the client wants to be able to deduct as quickly as possible is the cost of the plane through depreciation. And there's some some pretty technical and complex rules that apply to uh, in order to get the fastest write-off that you can. You know, I think we talked about a little bit of why there was confusion early on about what was deductible following the release. Uh, um, just, just so we cover that, we covered all the confusion. Do we, I mean, we're we're good to go with entertainment expenses. Uh, I think so. I, mean, you know, entertainment non-deductible. That's unfor- that's the bad news. Meals part of it, uh, deductible. You know, we've we've kind of covered the the easy part of that is is when it's um, separately incurred and and purchased. So you're sitting in the stands. Um, the the other example of that where maybe it gets a little complicated is let's say you buy the box and then it comes with catering, and so then then it can get complicated in terms of the invoice you get. Okay, does it have one number on it that covers both? And, or does it have it? Is it separately broken out? And the answer on on deductibility depends on that. Okay. All right. Now, now we're getting into the good stuff. Okay. So um, I invite invite you out to uh, the country club, of which my dues are non deductible. Um, we have breakfast. We talk business. That's deductible. What about the round of golf? Is that entertainment? Yep, that's entertainment. Non, non- deductible. In spite of when you play with me, and I know you get zero entertainment value out of it, it is entertainment. <laughs> it is entertainment. So, so again, those golf matches, uh, non-deductible. The meal uh, before and after, and you're talking business, is deductible. Right. Do you okay. Remember, you got to have the five W's, and as long as they are present, yes. Okay. Um, what about a um, situation where um, you have a client appreciation dinner for client and his spouse, his or her spouse, that is not involved in the business. Would the spouse's meal be deductible? Yeah, so good question. And, and generally speaking, the answer is, yeah, you, you, you know. You, you go for you, it? You go for it. Man, you're softening up in, uh, in your days. Well, you it's, used it's to, the end of the day. How about the, yeah, it's the end of the day. How about that airline ticket? You know, I'm going out to convention uh, out in uh, Vegas, Taking uh, taking my spouse. Clearly, the convention's business related. It's the top, uh, you know, podcast host uh, convention out in Las Vegas. So clearly deductible. Uh, by take my spouse, is that deductible? We probably crossed the line at some point between the the, the cost of a, a meal for the spouse and the in the airline airline ticket in the hotel. I just um, didn't know I crossed the you line. Just didn't huh? know you crossed it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we laugh about that, but that those are types of things that you have to have discussion uh, with your advisor because there are different cases in in most instances where we have to have the facts. Yeah, that's true. And 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 look, you you I think you could construct a fact pattern using the you know the the spouses going someplace where you could get the deductibility because of the nature of what the spouses are going to. Right. You know, anything uh, anything else on the horizon uh, that we need to know about uh, that you can fill us in in the next few minutes? Well, so the other uh, guidance that came out that we were um, hoping for was um, not in the entertainment area, but in the uh, pass-through deduction area, 199 Cap A. So I don't know if, how, how far you want to 
dive into those weeds on this call, but the um, or this podcast, the uh, we'll have we, another we did get session some, on that. That's pretty deep. We, we that it warrants its own session, but uh, the good news is we got some guidance on that that covers uh, some of the questions we had, and so that's helpful. And uh, you know, for you know, just to uh, expand on that, pass through entities when you when you use that term. You're talking about S corporations and LLCs and partnerships and sole proprietors and sole proprietors, okay, and trusts and estates. So okay, things so. that that issue a K one to an owner. Okay, lots going on there, folks. Uh, call uh, call Axine. He can uh, he can set you up. Um, and uh, I think you also shared with me. And there's something going on with. Uh, LLCs and self-employment tax that we need to, to be aware of, or is that still being kicked around? No. So, and, and that has nothing to do with the new tax law, but it has uh, everything to do with the evolution of case law um, as it applies to taxes uh, with regard to um, LLCs, taxes, partnerships, and the um, uh, self-employment tax on uh, income allocated to them on their K-1. And there was a position in the past where uh, as long as you were paying the partner or what we call a guaranteed payment, which is a salary, right. a reasonable salary, that you could exempt um, their the income allocated to them from self-employment tax. You know, how long we've been waiting for that piece of guidance? Well, the, the IRS... 20-some years? Yeah, the IRS originally proposed regulations in 1997 and Congress came back a year later and said, nope, this is our area to give guidance on, and then they never did. Okay. You know, Chris, in a couple of minutes we have left, uh, I think it's always appropriate when we talk about, um, you know, the, the tax law and the tax cuts. Uh, any winners out there that you're running across? I know it hasn't been truly tested. Any winners out there? Well, so with, with any major tax reform, there's winners and losers. Uh, I, I think on the individual side, uh, I think there there is going to be a bit of a hangover come April when when everybody f is filing their tax returns. Um, what I would say is, uh, and and I say that because um, Congress monkeyed with the itemized deductions and capping state and local tax deduction piece of that. They got rid of personal exemptions. Uh, if you are a middle income family that has kids that are under 17, 17 or under, I think you're probably going to come out ahead. Uh, under the new law than than the old law. If you are somebody that has kids older than that, that are still at home and still dependents, you're probably um, going to come out uh, on the other side of that that scale, unfortunately. So are there any, uh, any other patches to the tax law on the horizon? Well, Congress right now actually has, and I think it's in the House, there are three bills, separate bills that are all tax 2.0, tax reform 2.0 related that are out there, whether or not they go anywhere, uh, it remains to be seen. I, I am highly doubtful that anything gets done, certainly before the election in November. And if we lose seats uh, on the conservative side, then the likelihood is even less after that. You know, technical corrections to, um, uh, as well as the all the changes on the individual side and the estate and gift side were, are temporary and will expire. And, and so that's what some of these bills are doing and trying to make those permanent. Okay. Action plan, a couple takes-aways for our listeners. Well, year-end planning is key, particularly this year. And, and 
you know, we're doing this within our current client base, but um, is see your accountant, make a make a date to have a conversation and and run projections so that you aren't surprised when you come uh, in April to file your tax return. So planning, yeah. planning, 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 and more and planning. planning. Right. Has anybody ever referred to you before as a bloodhound? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, maybe a leech, but never yeah. a bloodhound. That's uh, quite a compliment. Uh, uh, our guest today has been Chris Axine uh, with Ray and Associates. And as you can tell from the discussion, Chris is uh, head of our tax strategy and implementation group, uh, high priority on planning and uh, all around uh, good guy, uh, never post a, a score. So we don't know what his true handicap index is. So, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us, Chris. Yep, we'll see you next time. All jokes aside, the business meal expense deduction is a big deal for many of us, uh, as are those credit card charges and a lot of other business-related expenses. So I know our listeners appreciate you breaking it down for them uh, in a rather uh, comical way. So appreciate the presentation. Hey, listeners, we've accumulated a wealth of information and educational resources dedicated to the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Be sure to check them out. To get to them, just look for today's episode at raycpa.com backslash podcast and scroll through the additional resources section of the page. If you enjoyed today's episode, we want to know, like it, comment on it, or share it with your colleagues. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie, think outside the box, and grab a steak. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.